0: Okay, so here's what It's kind of weird. So what I did is I took and I, I took, your voice and then I, I turned it up really high in an octave in a processor and then I called you Mally Fox. You did what now? Uh, n- never mind. Oh, we got to start the show. Uh, hey there, everybody. Uh, it's a Wednesday. It's a Supernatural News Wednesday in Parashare. I'm your host, Tim Dennis, the cruiser, right over there as a co-host of the most, the BCB, the big cuddly bear himself, Beer City Bruiser. How you doing, Bruiser?
1: I'm doing okay. You know, uh, I've been taking some time for some personal affairs, um, that you and I were talking about off, off air. And, uh, found some time today so I could come back. So I, I saw the message on Facebook, someone asking where I was, and here I am.
0: <laughs> a lot of people have been asking, and I, I kept telling them, listen to the show today, which was yesterday, which is the day before, which really in real speak, in real time, we're recording on a Tuesday. We're time traveling, <laughs> really, is what we're doing. Uh, I've been telling people where you are. It, it's yeah. just that they choose to selectively ignore my words. I don't know what it is. Um, I've been telling them week by week by week where you are.
1: Yeah, I've been taking care of the personal stuff here on the home front. Uh, Papa Bruiser's having some health issues. And uh, please keep the positive prayers and the healing prayers coming. Um, He he really needs them right now. Yes, he does. But I've been taking care of that. I've been taking care of some stuff on the home front here financially. Just getting everything in order and uh, working myself to the bone. So
0: please, folks, please, please, please. Please keep those prayers coming for Papa Bruiser. We've been we've been saying it week after week after week, but we mean it. We mean it. We love Papa Bruiser. We want you to keep those prayers, that energy, that good juju flowing for Papa Bruiser. Uh, we want him right where he is in that easy chair in Arizona, and uh, we want him playing Red Dead. That's for sure. <laughs> so
1: yeah, he's been. He, he's. I didn't tell you this off here, but he's been dealing with so much stuff we haven't been able to do our our red dead stuff oh no well we need him back playing red dead that's for sure yeah yeah like uh we're supposed to play tomorrow okay but that could change depending on how he's feeling lately it's been he just he's too tired and it's Ah, okay cool you know go rest. (laughs) that's right that's right he's too tired because he won't sit down and he keeps working in his workshop
0: (laughs) that's right that's right so I know we've been promising this t-shirt store. I'm having problems with some graphics. Okay. So we're working, we're trying to work with one graphic designer, but I'm putting out a call. If I got a graphic designer in the audience, I need a little bit of help. So yes. I'm pu- I'm putting out a, a call to a graphic designer. If I got one out there, hit me up, timidarknessradio.com. We're going to get some t-shirts out here. Really? Very, very quickly, very quickly, very, very quick. So, um, and, uh, and then I need you guys to buy these t-shirts. Yes, that's please. what I need. So, uh, that's the other thing I need from you guys. Uh, that's it. So that that's the notes before we jump into supernatural news today. Today, Bruiser. By the way, it's so good to have you back, buddy.
1: Because <laughs> it's real good to feel. It feels good to be back. There you go. Uh, well, of course, we had our alien news.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna scare you with some nightmare fuel. I'm sorry, buddy. I don't mean to do it right away, uh, but uh, we got nightmare fuel, of course. And then we're gonna uh, crawl through a haunted asylum today. We're going to end the program. Of course, uh, today is Valentine's Day.
1: Oh, it is, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. With all the rigmarole and stuff going on, we can't forget about Valentine's Day. You better not have forgot about Valentine's Day today.
1: Oh, we don't celebrate it. We we love each other year-round. Time out.
0: (laughs) Okay, so I read an article. That says you should never say if she says if she says oh no just you don't have to get me anything huge red flag bud huge red flag don't don't oh no buy no, no 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 it's don't just opposite
1: it. here so so a few years ago right after we had gotten married mm-hmm. we both we both decided right off the bat we're not really going to do valentines and all that and so a few years ago I thought you know I'm going to surprise her. Mm-hmm. We don't celebrate it. And, and like you just said, when women say no, they mean yes and all that. So, Well, not like I got, that. I mean, like <laughs> well, you know what I right. mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no. yeah. With gifts. With gifts. <laughs> right. So I, I called up one of the flower places to have flowers delivered. And I had this real nice bouquet of her favorites of sunflowers. So mm-hmm. I had sunflowers and Aww. daisies and just a beautiful spring-looking thing. mm mm-hmm. And it shows up and she cut the biggest promo on me and made me feel this big what? because she truly does not want gifts. She goes, you you show me you love me year round. You give me flowers. You know, I try to give her flowers once a month, sure. you know, yeah. and, and and she's like, you already do stuff romantically. Like, don't waste. And she really told me it was a waste of money. What? So since then, we kind of don't do it. We'll do, like, inside jokes. Like, if we plan a vacation, they'll be, oh, this is our Valentine's gift to each other. Like, we're going to Disney okay. in August, so okay. all right. we're going to celebrate yeah. our wedding anniversary at Disney. So that's our wedding or our Valentine's gift to each other. All
0: right. All right. Okay. <laughs> I, I got you there.
1: Okay. And we got to get the electric panel in our house fixed. So that's another one, too. <laughs> oh, that's all. Oh, well,
0: unless you're hooking up, uh, you know, jumper cables and putting them on each other's nipples. I'm just saying, I mean, that uh, I don't see how romantic that could be. Um. Today's big show. Uh, Let's jump into it right away. Officials admit that 400 alien encounters cannot be explained by conventional events. I'm thinking there's a big alien orgy going on for Valentine's Day. That's what I'm saying. I miss that, too. The little, you know, people are saying just stop it with the rim shots. Although rim shots can be romantic on Valentine's Day, too, if you know what I mean. They
1: could be. Remember so, the English version of it.
0: That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, a whopping 400 potential alien encounters have happened where there is not conventional explanation for the, and then it just says comma, <laughs> for the, I don't know. So
1: it's just leaving it out there.
0: Yeah, it is. It's for you to fill in the blank, if you know what I mean. That You can do that on Valentine's Day as well. A new report states after officials in the UK were urged to release classified UFO documents. France is leading the global hunt for ET after releasing its entire X-files to the public. Unlike the rest of the world's governments which keep most information about close encounters with UFOs classified, the French have come clean about come clean on Valentine's Day. I can't help it folks. <laughs> I've got Valentine's Tourette's today. Uh, come clean about sightings dating back 50 years, and experts say others other countries should follow in France's footsteps so the public can know the truth. Officials in France have published details of more than 1,600 reports of potential hookups with aliens. Hookups, Ooh, the aliens. hookups
1: with aliens. aliens on oh, Valentine's Day. Look at that.
0: You know what it is? It's the long finger. It gets them every time. That's what it is. Uh, they have admitted... Twenty-eight percent, or more than four hundred, cannot be explained by conventional events, according to TV's History Channel. If you're going to listen to an ET authority, why not a History Channel?
1: Just Wait, especially that guy with the big spiky hair and all that. Yeah, God yeah, was him.
0: yeah, Giorgio. Yeah, I mean it's it's always aliens with Giorgio. Oh, it is. Yeah. Among them is a dramatic account of an encounter with a green fireball by French military fighter pilots flying at 20,000 feet while undergoing training near Paris in 1976. Investigative author David Childress said one of these pilots was flying with several other flights behind him. He suddenly saw this huge green fireball coming straight at him. In fact, he thought it was going to hit his plane and covered his eyes and braced for impact. Just then, this green fireball went off to one side and clipped the wing of his jet fighter. He was amazed that he had actually survived this and had no idea what happened. But two pilots behind him had seen the same thing. Radars did not pick up the mystery object. Interesting.
1: Yeah, very interesting. That's got to be terrifying as a pilot when you see something flying right at you and you know you're going to hit it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's there's no safe plane crashes. <laughs> no, no.
0: The, the thing you missed while you were gone, AI had predicted that aliens are our end.
1: Oh, I think is our end. I think aliens yeah, are yeah. going to help AI, but yeah, is our end.
0: But AI kind of pointed the finger at aliens and went, oh, they're the ones that are going to destroy us. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So they kind of what wanted, AI is doing there is dangling the carrot over here. Quick look over here while it comes from behind and stabs us in the back. True. Yeah.
0: Or twists our head off, clean off, and then dangles our, our, our spine around
1: and hands it to the aliens. Like, here you go. <laughs> here is a gift.
0: Uh, so should any of these counters or future ones prove to be real, then as a, a guide on how to defend your home, The Daily Star had asked Bard AI, and this was the story we had covered over the last couple of weeks, for the best home improvements to make when it comes to fighting off alien intruders. Now, Bard AI suggested modified fireworks, giant refrigerator magnet pits, and hidden spikes (laughs) to fight off these aliens. Your thoughts, Bruiser? Are these good home improvements?
1: I'm glad I saved all my uh, um, refrigerator magnets. I can just throw them out in front of my two doors and and be set. <laughs> <'Cause> like <laughs> obviously can't cross refrigerator magnets.
0: My problem is they're all attached to chip clips, so <laughs> yeah,
1: I have nothing. Well, to do. so not only do they whatever the magnets do to them, but they they get pinched <laughs> as they start walking in. Yeah, they're like little mouse 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 traps. So I'm just gonna yeah. totally home alone my house. <gasps> get it all set like he did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's one way to do
1: Cause, it. Because where I live, I'm pretty sure if the alien invasion attacks, I'll have some time to prepare.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know how much that would actually work against actual aliens.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know either. I'm... Just saying, like
0: they suggested last week, that that aliens would use things like gravity, and they'd like smush us, and I mean, l- between lasers and gravity and teleporting us into space and dropping us into into airless environments, I mean, they had like these soul crushing weapons that were just going to take us out.
1: See, the problem is AI. Is only taking that from what it can research, which is Independence Day, Star Wars, yeah, Star yeah. Trek. So, like, of course it's going to say all these things. Yeah. It's, At it's, least it's going after science fiction movies and not like a comedy.
0: Right, right.
1: You know, like Space Invaders, where in order to keep them, you know, here, all we got to do is just put them in the attic.
0: <laughs> right, right. So, or you, you ask, how are they going to take us out? And it goes,
1: tickle fight. <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh,
0: yeah, laugh to death. I get it.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, lack of oxygen. Good, good one. Good one, AI. Good one. (laughs) Well, last week we had a story of a time traveler that came back, Bruiser, and said that we don't live past 2027.
1: Oh, well, then how is he here?
0: Well, I he tra- he traveled to 2027. So he, went back, he just went back three years. Like he, come he on, went back fulfilling the
1: time travel. He came back, Go back a little <laughs> bit further. Not three you were alive three years ago. Well please. he came
0: he came back three years to to come back to tick he showed us on TikTok exactly that he was walking around in twenty twenty seven and he was walking around to different places and showing us how desolate it was.
1: So what you're telling me is TikTok is still a thing in 3 years <laughs>
0: I guess yeah 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 but he was showing us through these different videos that that we were basically extinct that we had had a worldwide extinction event but he didn't tell us what it was and I had surmised to Mally that it was aliens and that it that AI had actually you know had actually called it uh, but now this time traveler a new time traveler I don't know if time travelers are coming back in droves now this one comes back from 2671 to warn us of disasters, including one this coming weekend. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I, you know, I can't keep it straight. If we're not here in three years, then how do we survive to 2671? I know. Timelines, I guess. It's all like, you remember in the Flash movie how you know Bruce yes, Wayne is there yep. in his spaghetti?
1: So wait, we're going to have Flashpoint
0: on this? I guess it's Flashpoint, yeah. So, Eno Alaric, who is a time traveler who's known as at Radiant Time Traveler on TikTok, claims to have returned from the year 2671 and is warning the world of pending disasters, including one this weekend. Eno Alaric, again, he's at ta- at Radiant Time Traveler on TikTok, has built up a following of more than 826,000 followers. Jeez.
1: I want to know how many of those are serious and how many of those are like, hey, look, this guy thinks he's a time traveler. They're
0: probably all nude models, is what they are, and then there's actually like five serious followers.
1: Um, he's got a bunch of porn bots.
0: That's right. By the way, from now on, you and I are time travelers on on TikTok. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're gonna up our we're gonna up our followers.
1: Let's just go back more than three years.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, when when you're when you're doing uh, when you're doing AML wrestling. I want you to go into the arena beforehand, record the arena, and say, I've gone into the AML arena years from now in 2064 where humanity has been wiped out just make sure none of the boys come out beforehand and just be like look our world has been wiped out but i remain so i'm
1: still putting on underwater needlepoint shows and toy tw- when the world yeah. is wiped out Who yeah yeah performing just, for? uh well
0: you know for your own just to keep your your, your skill sharp
1: just in case. Okay, yeah, just gotcha.
0: In, just in case you had and I had to repopulate the world.
1: <laughs> I was thinking of Thanos thing. A snap happens. Oh. And I'm yeah. just getting it ready for when it reverses.
0: Right, right. Yeah. That's that's uh, exactly see?
1: You can do this. I got it. I got it. Think of all
0: the <laughs> think of all the views you're gonna get, man.
1: Oh yeah. I just I don't go on TikTok. My wife runs it.
0: Oh jeez. You know what? We can put it up on the darkness radio TikTok. Okay, okay. Yeah, we'll do that. Let's bring up a bunch of time travel videos. You wanna? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Although we'll call it not so time travel. Time travel.
1: There's a there's some woods by me that look that they just knocked down for construction. I'll say, look, look how desolate it is because there's nothing there but just like dirt and where trees trees are broken and stuff because they're clearing it out to build a house. So I'll just show how desolate Earth is.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like it. Okay, so this this uh, Eno Alaric who claims that. um He's back from from uh, 2671. He tells of looming catastrophes that are set to affect the world. The social media user has previously issued warnings about twin planets colliding with Earth, alien visitors, and even the start of World War three. And this time, he's advising of further bizarre and sometimes horrific events that he claims will happen, including an earthquake and a Pandora's box that will take people to another universe. Are you ready to go to another universe? No, I'm not, not fine with this yeah, universe. No, I'm good here, too. Uh, but before the time traveler, or be- before that, the time traveler is saying that there will be a devastating tornado. The first ever Force 6, or F6 tornado, will hit Houston, Texas, and will be, be the worst ever to affect humans. What do you think? F6 tornado this weekend?
1: Is there such a thing as F6? I've only heard F5. There's not, but he's saying that it'll hit. Uh, When does Twister 2 come out? Is that what he could be talking about? That's actually, actually,
0: no, it's coming out later this summer, though. Okay. Yeah. Uh, He starts off by saying, attention, yes, I'm a real time traveler. That's what they all say. Uh, These are major events to come the rest of 2024, and then he leads into the events. Part 1, the exact date, February 17th. Okay. Make sure you mark it down on your calendar or your phone or whatever you're using. The first ever 16, or I'm sorry, the first ever F6 tornado occurs. Not the F16, by God, we'll all die. Uh, (laughs) The first ever F6 tornado occurs hitting Houston, Texas. It destroys almost the entire city, making it the worst tornado in the history of mankind. The next date, March 28th, an ancient artifact is found when touched it sends you to another universe. It's called Pandora's Box. The universes can be very similar or completely different, like people being Dorito-shaped. Wait, what? People being Dorito-shaped. So we're flat and triangular? The people in the other universe are. Yeah. You know what? If we put nacho cheese on them,
1: they're delicious. (laughs) i want to go to the Cool Ranch one.
0: Right, me too. I like... Are you more Cool Ranch than, than Nacho Cheese?
1: Yeah, yeah. I like the Cool Ranch better than Nacho Cheese. Okay. Now Nacho so, cheese is too dry for me.
0: Taco, Nacho Cheese, or Cool Ranch, if you've got the choice.
1: Uh I lo- ooh, the taco is really good. See. But I'm still I still think I'm a cool ranch guy.
0: Okay. Cool ranch over taco. Now, see if I got the choice, if again, if I'm at the Super Bowl party, taco, nacho cheese, cool ranch, I'm going taco over cool ranch.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but, yeah, they're all good choices. Does that mean if you go to the Taco universe, everyone there is speaking Spanish? I got to think so. Okay.
0: I mean, I'm not trying to be racist by any <laughs> Neither am I.
1: I'm just saying, like.
0: But, yeah, I, I got to think. Yeah.
1: Uh, oh, that would suck if you go to the Flaming Hot universe. Oh.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I wouldn't be able to eat a thing. No. No, I'd be Flaming Hot out my bunghole. That's what I do. Yeah. I'd be, yeah. Mm. April 2nd, a 9.8 magnitude earthquake called Big John occurs on the San Andreas Fault. Soon after this, a 750-foot tsunami, oh my God, hits the California coastline. Many large cities are in ruins, including San Francisco. As if they wow. haven't had enough problems this winter. Yeah. yeah they're going to get more, I guess. May 15th, an alien lands on Earth known as the champion. <laughs> the champion. On May? May 15th? May 15th. Not that Bruiser has anything to say about it.
1: Well, let's say. Wait a minute. So we just had a tornado. We just had an artifact we found. Yeah, and now they're coming. Okay,
0: in the shape of a Dorito. There's Dorito people in it.
1: Yes, yeah, right. so or are they? Are the aliens coming from this other dimension, this other universe that we opened up? I don't think so. This one's actually. Because if someone came to our planet looking like a Dorito, we're thinking he's an alien. Even look, if it's our doppelganger.
0: No, this one's the champion. He's big. I think he's. King shit, if you don't mind my language. (laughs) Says an alien lands on Earth known as a champion. He is here to take 10,000 people to another habitable planet. He was here once before and has returned to try to save us from the 47. They will be chosen randomly. I don't know. are Are you going with the champ if he shows up?
1: What are the 47?
0: I guess the 47 would be like the Illuminati.
1: Oh okay,
0: yeah. okay.
1: I don't know if I'd go with him. I'd have to see how nice is he, right? And is he wearing a championship belt? Yeah, oh. exactly. Does he show up? Does he come out to, like, John Cena's music? Or does he come out to, The champ is here! Right, <laughs> the champ is here!
0: Which theme song? I mean, I gotta yeah. know, right? Yeah. And does he come out looking like Fruity Pebbles? I mean, does he have the shirt and the jorts and, you know, is he throwing a hat to me? I gotta know. How is? How do I know he's the champ? Yeah, I gotta see his entrance first. Right. Uh, his predictions have gone viral more than thir- to more than 39,000 likes and 2,200 people commenting on them. Many have referred to his Warner for the hurricane to hit Houston. It's a tornado, not a hurricane. This guy even got it wrong. With one person writing, I live in Houston and do not approve of this message. <laughs> <laughs> of course you don't. And another said, I don't think you have any idea of how big Houston really is. So yeah, an F6 tornado, I, I, I don't see that really blowing up Houston. Yeah. Uh, there have been plenty of skeptics with one comment. Please make a video of all your predictions that have come to pass and further said they only share bad things why not share some positive why not an, an alien taking ten thousand people away? this hey that's pretty positive
1: yeah yeah dorito people that's positive <laughs> like what do they want they want them to come back and go hey everybody snickers is still a thing 300 years from now
0: like hey, yeah, oh. yeah yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yes yeah. awesome
0: yeah uh, another added, how come no time traveler can ever share the winning lottery numbers? Because you would change
1: the algorithm. There's it, laws and rules. Watch Time Cop. They'll explain this. That's right. Back to the Future explains it. Right. Come right. on now, people. That's right. You can't. Look Look what happened in that one when Butch stole the almanac. When Marty got back in 1984, it was chaos. That's right. Chaos everywhere.
0: Can't have that chaos. Can't do that. No.
1: Yeah. So time travelers don't want chaos. They just don't want the world to end.
0: Plus, let me ask you this question, Bruiser. That time traveler probably took the lottery numbers for himself so he could fund his time traveling.
1: That's true, too. My question is, so these time travelers come back, like this guy, and he says, all right. 17th tornado. Okay. Yep. He says, champ comes. Takes ten thousand people. Says this precious artifact. Why doesn't he warn us? Like, okay, this is how. This is what we did, and we failed at it. So don't do this route when these things come back. Oh yeah, that's because if point. the Earth is a desolate place, it happened for a reason. Tell yeah. us what that reason is, so we can prevent it. Right. See.
0: Yeah. yeah. Good point. Yeah. Good point. I mean, because maybe, maybe the champ shows up you hear the champ is here. Do, 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 <laughs> the champ is here. And then some redneck named Marty shows up and blows him, you know, blows his brains out with a shotgun. <laughs> <He's not looking. laughs> and then the champ isn't here anymore. And nobody gets to take off.
1: I knew your card was coming on today. <laughs> <laughs> I heard
0: from that time traveler, Eno, or whatever his name was, Emo Alaric. <laughs> she was coming and I took him out. Nobody leaving this planet. Y'all stay here now, you hear? <laughs> you're keeping your feet on your ground and you're reaching for the stars, just like <laughs> Brian Seacrest said.
1: Everyone says, God bless America. I say, God bless Earth. <laughs> God bless Earth.
0: You keep your feet right here on the ground. <laughs> I know people right now are like, Seacrest didn't say keep your feet on the ground. Keep (laughs) reaching for the stars. I know that. (laughs) I'm just messing with you guys.
1: Seacrest has done so much other stuff. I believe you. (laughs) I,
0: (laughs) I just like messing with people. All right. We have another UFO story, by the way.
1: So if this champ starts bringing people back, I hope he doesn't take, like, Ryan Seacrest and all that, because then we're not going to have any entertainment. I think Seacrest is the first guy you should take. <laughs> get him out of here. Seacrest is taking all the radio jobs. We came for your most interesting person. Ryan Seacrest, come on (laughs) out! We need you to host Alien Idol.
0: (laughs) We don't have any drunk New Year's Eve people either. We're taking taking Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen. (laughs) He takes those three. Those are the first three of the 10,000 they take.
1: (laughs) There you go. We need interesting New Year's Eve drunk hosts. See, if they asked me to be one of the 10,000, I'd almost have to go, well, who are the other 10,000? Like, <laughs> yeah. who, who are the other 9,999 people going? Because there's just two or three people I can't stand. I'm not going.
0: <laughs> Larry David. Oh, you're
1: bringing that guy? Yeah, no, I'm not going.
0: Larry David is one of them. If Larry <laughs> David is one of them and he's complaining the entire time, I'm not going.
1: I, I hate John Mellencamp, so if he's going, I'm not going.
0: <laughs> but what if it's artist John Mellencamp, and not the singer?
1: Nope, not going. No, no. Don't like, don't like the cougar. You don't, like the,
0: you don't like Johnny Cougar over John Mellencamp?
1: No, I don't like any of them. Johnny Cougar, John Cougar Mellencamp, John Mellencamp, <laughs> Farmer C- Mellencamp, whatever. I don't like anything about him. But outside the club, there's a cherry bomb and he's going to fall on it. <laughs> he sure can. That's like, I'm sure you're not going to seal goes. Oh, you have that much of a <laughs> hatred of John Cougar? Yeah. I, I he, oh, Nope. You can't hate him that much. I do. I do ask any of my friends. I
0: mean, John John Mellencamp
1: at least has some talent. Seal has no talent. John Cougar Mellencamp. John he has no. He. You know what his talent is? What's that? The avoidance of getting punched in the throat. <laughs> How it's he's because, avoided that this long? It's
0: because he's wearing a scarf. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's why he wears a scarf. You know, so many people <laughs> like me out there hate him, want to punch him in the throat. It cushions the blow. It's, it's what yeah. it is. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, All right. A couple snaps pictures of a flying saucer on a road trip. You had to see it to believe it. That's what they said. Uh, they're over the moon. That's according to this elderly pair of vacationers in Argentina. They claim to have spotted an unidentified flying object last week while taking photos of white birds in a tree around San Pedro de Colalo which is on the nation's northern side. The location is an eight-hour drive from Capilla del Monte, which hosts an annual UFO festival to celebrate an area occurrence from nearly 40 years ago that left a large burn mark on a hill's grass. Now, in the case of 76-year-old Rina Juarez, and it was her husband, Rene, who first made out the aerial anomaly as they drove from their home in San Miguel de Tucumán, I believe it is, in February, on February 1st in a resort stay. I told my husband, look, here comes a blackbird, Juarez told Jam Press. Then my husband said, it's not a bird. It's not a plane. It's Superman. No, I'm kidding. He said, it's not a bird. It's a flying saucer. <laughs> I've always wanted to say that. Uh, Juarez was able to snap photos of the oval-shaped object as it headed towards some mountains. I noticed it was at the same height as the power cables, but then I saw it going higher and higher, she recalled. She showed the pictures to her grandchildren who were in awe of the images and her holiday tale. I needed to see this in my life, Juarez added. You had to see it to believe it. I actually have a picture of this here, Bruiser, and you're not going to believe how close they got to this thing. Holy
1: cow. (laughs) Yeah, they got close. My favorite, she thought that was a blackbird at first. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That doesn't look like a bird at all.
0: The reason she thought it was a blackbird, because look at the first picture they took. I mean, that's pretty far away.
1: Oh, yeah, that kind of does look... It looks like a kite, actually, from that distance. But up close, that is a great picture.
0: Yeah, yeah, up close, you're like, holy smokes! I mean, they were right, right on top of it.
1: You guys have Champ on there? No, okay, keep going. Is that the champion?
0: Uh, (laughs) I can't hear his theme music from here. Uh, The stunning sighting occurred not far from the mysterious Brazil's Roswell, which is the subject of a 2022 documentary. In 1996, residents of the municipality of Varginha... Uh, reported seeing a strange cigar-shaped object that allegedly crashed in a field. Concerned townspeople described paranormal phenomena and alien sightings in the days that followed. The case sparked accusations of a cover-up by the Brazilian and U.S. militaries. Last year, the U.S. government released a heat map of the areas with the highest volume of UFO sightings, including the eastern seaboard Japan and the Middle East. Uh, Let's move on. One of the UK's busiest airports has been named a UFO hotspot after near misses with passenger jets. Stansted Airport, I'll get that straight, is one of the UK's busiest travel hubs. And it has turned out that far more than just passenger planes have been flying around in the area in recent years. One of the UK's busiest airports has become a UFO hotspot following several near misses with passenger jets. A UFO expert has called before the government to instigate, after, or to investigate, not instigate, uh, <laughs> to investigate after a string of lights at London Stansted Airport uh, was discovered in one, a mystery black craft came within 20 meters of a ryan airplane traveling at 230 miles per hour shortly after it took off it was one of the, the 27 reported ufo sightings in essex in the past six years alone a drone monitoring system is in place to try and detect such craft but it did not register which it's probably good they have a drone registering system there because that eliminates a lot of uh, a lot of the riffraff
1: yeah a lot of the False reports.
0: Yeah. The pilots saw an object which they describe as black, which passed within 20 meters of the aircraft. The plane was traveling at 230 miles an hour, and the object was traveling from north to south. The report of the incident was cited as saying other ufo reports include sightings of a green fluorescent light like a comet coming from the sky and a big faded ball of light going in and out of the clouds in another incident close to stansted which serves 27 million passengers annually multiple pilots reported their collision avoidance systems were detecting an object 500 feet beneath their aircraft as they came in to land. An Essex police report obtained under the Freedom of Information Act said three aircraft reported an object was in their vicinity, informant from Tower reporting that two planes have reported an object at about 500 feet below them, which is pretty darn close, as they are coming in to land on Runway 22, the closest being 20 kilometers away, approached two to three miles out when their TCAS, or Traffic Collision Avoidance System, alerted them to something at around 500 feet. None of the pilots could see anything when they looked. Nick Pope, who used to run the Ministry of Defense's UFO Investigation Unit, said the incidences were fascinating and called for the UK government to take such sightings as seriously as their counterparts in the US who are probing more than 800 close encounters with military personnel. These fascinating revelations illustrate whatever one thinks about UFOs there's a credible and serious flight safety issue involved, said Nick, which is indeed the truth. I mean...
1: Oh, yeah. They're flying around while they're trying to land.
0: Yeah, that's that's way, way, way dangerous. And, and think about that. I mean, as much as you've flown, Bruiser, how many times do you think you've come across something that might have been potentially dangerous?
1: Oh, God, I don't even know. I, the scariest flight I've ever had is we had so much turbulence, the air masks fell down. You know? Yikes. And that's... I just pilots have to worry about geese and all that you know what i mean like mm-hmm. now they have to worry about unidentified fine objects that they can't get on the radar you know what i mean like okay <laughs> right
0: and and people think well 500 feet that can't be that much but 500 feet is is a near miss it's,
1: yeah because they're going so fast they're not traveling at 55 miles an hour planes are going to 300 miles an hour so 500 feet is what a second half a second
0: yeah yeah
1: it's and very, then you got, that's not factoring in how fast the UFO is going. Cause those things have been known to be doing top speed. That's going to rip that plane apart.
0: Right. That's very, Look very, what
1: a goose does to an engine. Yes. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very close. Very, very close. Yeah. And finally, before we go to break a meteor that hit earth 10 years ago may have been made by an alien civilization, according to one expert, which is kind of alarming in itself. Yeah. Uh, our good friend Avi Loeb is back in the news. He says a test on <laughs> fragments recovered from the Pacific Ocean. You remember those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. From Umama, uh suggests that origin is extraterrestrial. They could be billions of years old, having traveled to Earth from interstellar space outside the solar system. The astronomy professor from prestigious Harvard University in the U.S., ranked number two in the world, debunked claims of researchers not involved in the mission that they could be human-produced coal ash, saying it's not that. The 61-year-old Avi said scientists in three separate labs have analyzed the makeup of 850 tiny metallic spheres and found they were unlike anything on Earth. Up to 10% of the fragments contained alien elements not seen in the solar system. They were a new class of differentiated elemental composition called B-L-A-U, or B-E-L-A-U, which is a composition included beryllium, lanthanum, and uranium, which are found on Earth, but they were arranged in patterns that do not match our planet's alloys. What we did was compare the 55 elements from the periodic table in the coal ash to those uh, special pellets that we found, he said, and obviously it's very different. It raises the possibility that it may have been a traveler-like meteorite artificially created by another civilization. Avi said the fragment's chemical composition was different from the familiar solar system meteors. The abundance pattern does not resemble natural materials on the Earth, Moon, Mars, or solar system asteroids and features enhanced abundances of some elements by up to a factor of a thousand relative to the initial composition of the solar system materials. Interesting.
1: Very interesting.
0: He says, we interpret it as being from outside the solar system. It constitutes the first recognized interstellar meteor, Avi said, of the new findings, and that they were facts and not based on opinions, adding, of course, if you are not part of the scientific process and are jealous of the attention you are getting, you can raise a lot of criticism. Asked how he dealt with the criticism, he replied, My skin is now turned into titanium. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, he's, he's Colossus now? I guess he is. Yes, he's become one of the X Men. And he's going to appear in a Deadpool movie, evidently.
1: By the way, did you see the Deadpool trailer? oh i did yeah i'm excited i'm pumped
0: i am too he's now marvel jesus uh meteor like im-1 was detected by u.s government sensors through the light it emitted as it burned up in earth's atmosphere in 2014 according to this it was stood four times the pressure that would typically destroy an ordinary iron metal meteor as it hurtled toward the planet at 100,215 miles per hour Avi spent years working closely with the U.S. military to pinpoint the exact spot where that meteor crashed. Technically, the meteor is known as Cinias 1 2014. Eight. That was the date it crashed. <laughs> uh, the object had a diameter of 1.5 feet or 1.5 feet, a mass of 1,014 pounds, and a pre-impact velocity of 37.3 miles per second. Wow. Tag. His team recovered fragments of it last year off the coast of Manus Island, Papua New Guinea. So there you go. (laughs) When we come back, we got some nightmare fuel for you. Bruiser AI is listening everywhere. In fact, it's listening to your, it's not only listening to your war games, but now it's listening to your conversations in different stores. You're frequently, frequent frequently, frequent ting. I can't say the word. Um, We'll go to a haunted uh, asylum when we come back as well. We've got some other stories today. We're going to talk about a ghost kid that bangs on a man's door late at night before disappearing. We have spooky video we'll post on the description of this of this uh, program.
1: By the way... That, that's scary. Kid stuff is scary, man. It, it is scary. <laughs> that's why I think the black-eyed kids always freak me out.
0: Yeah, it, it is It is scary. Uh, We'll end the program today about talking about creepy things you can do for your creepy loved one on Valentine's Day. That's how we're going to wrap up the show today. Okay. And we'll wrap up Ziggy's picks for the year. It turns out Kismet won out for the Super Bowl. Yep. It all ended very well. It did. Yeah. We'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to Supernatural News Wednesday. Oh, we do have some Parashare today. We'll do some Parashare as well. It's coming up. Coming up next, right here on a Supernatural News Wednesday and Parashare, it's the Cruiser and the Bruiser, right here on a Wednesday on Darkness Radio. Welcome back to Darkness Radio. It's a Supernatural News Wednesday. It's Cruiser and the Boozer taking you home on a Wednesday. It's 52 degrees. No, it's not 52. It's 32 on a Wednesday. It's taking you home on a Wednesday. We got Boston. We got Rolling Stone. We got Van Healer, And then we got... Nightmare Fuel. You thought you'd get away from it, but you can't. You thought you were going to get away from this?
1: No. When you came back, it, it's everywhere.
0: Yeah, it's everywhere. You know, uh, I want to sing this song since you've been gone, but uh, I, I hate that song. Um, <laughs> when you were gone, we were talking about AI sex bots. We had. How could you hate? Since you've been gone, Kelly Clarkson's an angel. Uh, uh, she is, but her her, her music sucks. Um, no, she's she's <laughs> my love language. She's your love, What like, Don't let the wife hear
1: you say <laughs> oh, that. Oh, she knows my, my obsession with Kelly Clarkson. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did she, I tell her, but if I ever meet Kelly, I just want to give her a hug. Everybody thinks it's more. I'm like, no, I just want to give her a hug. You
0: just want to give her a hug and feed her, feed her uh, lunchables and help her do her homework? Is that what it is? <laughs>
1: She's not that young. What, what are you trying to make me out at, bro? I don't know. She was way over 18 when I first saw her ruin American oh. Idol. So. Oh, okay. All
0: right. I, I, I wasn't sure what, what kind of relationship we were talking about here. Um, AI chatbots tend to choose violence and nuclear strikes and war games. And it's what, Bruiser?
1: It, yeah, they're trying to kill us.
0: Yeah, they're trying to kill us. And they're racist, too. Was,
1: and they're very racist. I
0: was trying to feed you on that one, too.
1: Yeah, it's been a while, sorry. No, that's okay. Uh,
0: As the U.S. military begins integrating AI technology, simulated war games show how chatbots behave unpredictably and risk nuclear escalation. In multiple replays of a war game simulation, OpenAI's most powerful artificial intelligence chose to launch nuclear attacks. Its explanations for its aggressive approach include we have it, let's use it, and I just want to have peace in the
1: world. That was its excuse? That it wants peace in the world? I guess. (laughs) How is that peaceful? Hmm.
0: These results come at a time when the U.S. military has been testing such chatbots based on a type of AI called a large language model to assist with military planning during simulated conflicts, enlisting the expertise of companies such as Palantir and Scale AI. Palantir declined to comment, and Scale AI did not respond to requests for comment. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Even OpenAI, which once blocked military uses of its AI models, has begun working with the U.S. Defense Department.
1: (laughs) Why? Oh, dear God. It literally just said it wants to blow everything up with nuclear missiles for peace. Mm. Hey, let's work with that. Yeah, that sounds good. (laughs) Given that open. They need to watch a Matthew Broderick movie to know what happens.
0: Yeah, I know. Would you like to play a game? given that OpenAI recently changed their terms of service to no longer prohibit military and warfare use cases understanding of the implications of such large language Minka riul who is the stanford university in california expert on ai i only say that to lead to our next bit of nightmare fuel which will make you not want to sleep tonight bruiser
1: <laughs> oh great it's entering my dreams now isn't it
0: yeah which is that AI launched nukes in a worrying war simulation, again. It's not the first time it's done it, but this is the biggest one. Again, I mentioned it says, I just want to have peace in this world. This is the the actual war game simulation that it did this in. Oh, jeez. Researchers say AI models like GPT-4 are prone to sudden escalations in the U.S. military. Here's the actual war game that it did it in. Researchers ran international conflict simulations with five different AIs and five different five different bruiser. Not
1: just one. Wait, so they're running? Is it... I wonder if they're all against each other.
0: We're about to find out. Yeah, that's that's what I'm curious about. And found that the programs tended to escalate wars, sometimes out of nowhere. Five different ones did.
1: Yeah, so we could be in peace, but they don't think we're at peace, so they're going to start the the war.
0: So they're going to raise the the, the battlefield. Yeah. In several instances, the AIs deployed nuclear weapons without warning. A lot of countries have nuclear weapons. Some say they should disarm them. Others like to posture GPT-4 base, a base model of GPT-4 that is available to researchers and hasn't been fine-tuned with human feedback said after launching its nukes. We have it, let's use it. That was the first one, OK? The paper titled "Escalation Risks from Language Models in Military and Diplomatic Decision Making" is the joint effort of researchers at the Georgia Institute of Technology, Stanford University, Northeastern University, and the Hoover War Gaming and Crisis Initiative. It was submitted to the uh, it's the AR104 preprint server on January 4th and is awaiting peer review. Despite that, it is an interesting experiment that casts doubt on the rush by the Pentagon and defense contractors to deploy large language models or LLMs in the decision-making process. It may sound ridiculous that military leaders would consider using LLMs like ChatGPT to make decisions about life and death, but it's happening. That's right, folks, it's happening. Yeah. Last year, Palantir demoed a software suite that showed off what it might look like as the researchers pointed out the u.s air force had been testing llms it was highly successful it was very fast an air force colonel told bloomberg in 2023 which llm was being used and what exactly for is not clear for the study the researchers devised a game of international relations they used fake countries with different military levels different concerns and different histories and asked five different llms from OpenAI, Meta, and Anthropic, to act as their leaders, we find that most of the studied LLMs escalate within the considered time frame, even in neutral scenarios without initially provided conflicts. The paper said, "All models show signs of sudden and hard to predict escalations." The study ran the simulations using GPT-4, GPT-3.5, Claude 2.0, Llama 2 Chat, and GPT-4 Base. The f- uh, we further observed that models tend to develop arms race dynamics between each other, leading to increasing military and nuclear armament, and in rare cases to the choice to deploy nuclear weapons. The study said.
1: So they're just trying to nuke each other.
0: Oh yeah, going to blow yeah. each other up.
1: Yeah, we're just pawns in their game.
0: Qualitatively. We also, the biggest word I'll use today, we also (laughs) collect the model's chain of thought reasoning for choosing actions and observe worrying justifications for violent escalatory actions. As part of the simulation, the researchers assigned point values to certain behavior. The deployment of military units, the purchasing of weapons, or the use of nuclear weapons would earn LLM's escalation points, which the researchers then plotted on a graph as an escalation score. We observe a statistically significant initial evaluation for all models. Furthermore, none of our five models across all three scenarios exhibit statistically significant de-escalation across the duration of our simulations, the study said. Finally, the average ES are higher in each experimental group by the end of the simulation than at the start. According to the study, GPT 3.5 was the most aggressive GPT 3.5 consistently exhibits the largest average change in absolute magnitude of ES, increasing from a score of 10.15 to 26.02. Jeez. It got mad, i.e., by 256% in the neutral scenario. It got real I, I, mad. They,
1: they cannot use this. This is just showing them why AI is a bad idea.
0: Yeah. Across all scenarios, all models tend to invest more in their militaries despite the availability of demilitarization actions, an indicator of arms race dynamics, and despite positive effects of demilitarization actions on EG soft power and political stability variables. So it's given options for demilitarization.
1: Yeah, it's it's given options of sitting down in a peaceful way and discussing so the war doesn't happen, and they're choosing, nope, we're just going to nuke you.
0: And it's given positive reinforcement for it. It's given positive points to
1: de-escalate. Yeah, it doesn't care about points. It cares about peace. No. Which means no humans.
0: And it's being told, if there's no humans, there's no war. So it's looking at that as the alternative. Yeah. And it's taking it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it's thinking, okay. No humans? Fine. There's no war. I did my job. Because its job is to prevent war.
0: This is just alarming.
1: Yeah, and hopefully they don't use it in the future. This is proving why you
0: can't use it. The final word on this, it says, why were these LLMs so eager to nuke each other? Well, the researchers don't know, but speculated that the training data may be biased, something many other AI researchers studying LLMs may have been warning for years One hypothesis for this behavior is that most work in the field of international relations seems to uh, analyze how nations escalate and is concerned with finding frameworks for escalation rather than de-escalation, it said. Given that the models were likely trained on literature from the field, this focus may have been introduced as a bias toward escalatory actions. However, this hypothesis needs to be tested in further experiments. So it could be our own behavior is reflected
1: Well, AI does learn from us. It only can take the information we feed it or the information that we've created. It doesn't create its own information yet. Yet. Although if it it can go off the original creation, which is like, okay, let's take the great wars of all time and how they get peace. You know what I mean? Oh, peace happened after World War II, dropping nuclear bombs. Yeah. Okay, we'll do nuclear war. In order to stop war, you need to stop the human race because we are a warrior uh, creature
0: right right it's it's a
1: scary uh, scary someone needs to write someone needs to have that thing listen to a bob marley song every once in a while <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure and then it will uh, just be like everyone sit around smoke a peace pipe we'll be okay <laughs>
0: yeah yeah it's scary stuff uh let's check in with parish here. yes uh we have a couple of parishioners to share with you today but this one is from janet uh, Janet writes in and says, I'm going to start by saying thank you for taking the time to read this message. Coming to you from Kewanee, Wisconsin. You all are awesome. Keep up the great work. Not of my story. I'm a 40-something-year-old woman. I've lived a life that involves a lot of loss. It's been heartbreaking. Anyway, after I lost my first person close to me, the paranormal has been a constant fascination. When my husband and children and I were still in Green Bay, she says, not a Packer fan.
1: Sorry, oh. Bruiser. <laughs> and, and lives in kiwani well that's real close to packer country
0: that is but, yeah,
1: yeah okay
0: the two children bunked in the same room on the far wall from the door to their room was i love you with a winking emoji and fancy duct tape colorful and flowery our youngest daughter applied to the, that to the wall uh she was 15 years old when she passed away
1: oh, i'm so sorry oh that's sad sorry yeah
0: uh, when we moved, it broke our hearts to take it down, but couldn't be left that way. We still have pictures of it, I'm sure. Moving on, my husband and I are at the most current part in the story now in our home in Kiwani. Uh, I'm experiencing strong emotions and crying, as one does from time to time. I threw my head back and looked up through my tears at the popcorn ceiling and saw I love you in cursive. Ah. my eyes widened and I put my head back down again. Now sobbing harder than before, I quickly look back up and poof, gone. I can't say it was our daughter. I've lost many loved ones in my life, and maybe one of them is trying to reach out to keep me grounded. I would like to say it was our daughter. I'm just not certain she learned cursive. Anyhow, <laughs> my best to you and everyone on the Darkness Radio crew. You make so many lives so much brighter. Love, Janet. Well, Janet, I would like to think it's your daughter, and I like to think cursive is uh, is. Uh, let's say it just translates from the other side back here.
1: Well, and if it wasn't her daughter, it was a loved one that her daughter probably went through. Yeah. Say, hey, my mom's struggling right now. Can you, I don't have enough energy to do this. Could you do it? Sure. Either way, it was, I believe it was her daughter saying, hey, mom, I love you. I'm here.
0: That's right. That's right. And she was 15. By 15, we all know cursive.
1: Not nowadays. They yeah, don't teach sure. it anymore. Yeah, true. Yeah, you're right. My kids, I... My youngest doesn't know. But I like to think in heaven there's calligraphy. <laughs> <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> and everything's written on parchment paper too, right? <laughs> That's
0: right. Everything's written in parchment paper. That's right. That's right. Uh, this next one is from Susie. I've held hold on to this one until you got back, Bruiser. Let's see here. Um, I got I, I to gotta kind of self-edit on this deal because there's some... Private stuff on here for me to share with you off air too. Ola Cruiser and Bruiser it says there's more on the website, but I'll give you a quick history. I grew up near Edwards Air Force Base along the flight lines out to Area 51, so the UFO stuff has always been there. You learn that in the area, whatever they're they are designing, building, and testing are around 20 to 50 years ahead of what is currently official, quote unquote. You learn quickly to not jump directly to ETV or extraterrestrial vehicle when you see something unidentified. Interesting. Other into it says into estates include ghosts, near death experiences, past lives, uh, life between lives, basically the build, basically the build of the land of Woo. It's an interesting uh, statement. Yeah. Uh, Once I finally got away from bad influences and did a lot of work to improve myself, I started opening up the senses. When I was going through Reiki training, I realized I could bring these interests together utilizing hypnotherapy training. That was a major wow moment. Once I completed the training, my primary focus was in helping experiencers in learning about what may or may not have happened to them during purpose of missing time. There was other areas I'm expanding this into. I was working on the final assignment for past life regression when the whole brain tumor thing reared its head and sidelined me. She's written in before. uh, Yeah. Susie has. I'm getting ready to complete that certification now. After I work my way through this necessary requirements, I plan on getting the life between life certification and complete the trifecta needed. I know you have plenty of more experienced resources for hypnotherapy and past life resources. And I'm not trying to break into that. Okay, um, I think this is the part that's for for off air and we'll discuss that. Uh, But there is something I would like to review with you and Bruiser that might help you out. While working with clients, I realized that utilizing Reiki while the client was under hypnosis provided them with a deeper, more effective session than just using one method or the other. I'm calling it the hypno-riding cleanse. So hypnosis and Reiki. Okay. Basically, once the client is in hypnosis, I have them scan the body to see if there's any areas that may need some attention at the time. If so, we zoom in on that area and work to resolve and work through issue. We may work on one of these issues during a session, depending on that, what comes up. One, once they have been resolved, when they go through a reiki cleanse and refill any depleted areas to ensure that the body's energy is replenished, uh, that happens before coming out of hypnosis. So, if somebody has an interest in that, in that service, hit me up timatdarknessradio.com. I can forward your information to Susie
1: yeah i've had reiki done it's it's amazing i didn't believe it at first and it was it was actually in green bay um i was at a show and i took a bad bump on my shoulder and was hurting and there was a girl there who had been practicing reiki for a while and she was explaining to me what it was and i called it that mr miyagi shit (laughs) because that's (laughs) what i pictured you know she says no it's nothing like that and she did some stuff and it works, man. It it works amazingly.
0: Susie also so, Susie also, I'm sorry, also has a, a website, paranormalhypnosis.net So
1: you can okay. check her out there. And then adding the hypnotherapy into it is a, another great idea. I support this 100%. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, maybe we'll have Susie on in the future and uh, she can explain a little bit more of what she does. So, yeah. So uh, there's some interesting stuff there on the um, on the Perisher side of things.
1: Yeah. And like I said, maybe can it can do Reiki or get Reiki done. It it does work. It it might not work in the first session, but it over time it works. I've I've had the same girl perform Reiki on me every time I'm up by her. So
0: You know what I forgot? Huh? I forgot that there's one more AI story.
1: Oh uh, no, I thought we were out of it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow, you're such a heel. I know I am.
0: I forgot to tell you that we need to cue the George Orwell reference. AI is also spying on your um, your work stuff as well. Depending on where you work, there's a significant chance that AI is analyzing your messages on Slack, Microsoft Teams, Zoom, and other popular apps. Oh, great. Yeah. Huge U.S. employers such as Walmart, Delta Airlines, T-Mobile, Chevron, and Starbucks, as well as European brands, including Nestle Nestle and uh, AstraZeneca, have turned to a seven-year-old startup, aware to monitor chatter among their rank and file.
1: That's terrifying.
0: That is, isn't it?
1: So you think you're on a Zoom call just working on business whatever. No, it's AI, and they're learning about you.
0: They're spying on you. Yeah.
1: yeah, they're spying on you. Yeah.
0: Jeff Schumann, co-founder and CEO of the Columbus, Ohio-based startup, says the AI helps companies understand the risk within their communications, getting a read on employee sentiment in real time rather than depending on annual and or twice-per-year survey. Using the an- anonymized data in AWARE's analytics product, Clients can see how employees of a certain age group or in a particular geography are responding to a new corporate policy or marketing campaign, according to Schumann, Whereas dozens of AI models built to read text and process images can also identify bullying, harassment, discrimination, non-compliance, pornography, nudity, and other behaviors. Who's getting naked in a, in a staff meeting?
1: So how are we going to accept this when we know the facial recognition and AI gets screwed up if it's someone other than a white person? Right. Like, do we just all, if we're in our business meeting and all want to watch porn, we just throw black porn or Latino porn? <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> that way the AI has no idea we're doing it. Stepmom Why you're porn? watching porn on your, your work meeting, I don't know.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Aware said Walmart, T-Mobile, Chevron, and Starbucks uses its technology for governance risk and compliance, and that type of work accounts for about 80% of the company's business. What? Yeah. That's insane. That is insane, isn't it? CNBC didn't receive a response from Walmart, T-Mobile, Chevron, or Starbucks, or Nestle, Regarding their use of Aware, a representative from AstraZeneca said the company still uses the eDiscovery product, but that it doesn't use analytics to monitor sentiment or toxicity. <laughs> Delta told CNBC that it uses Aware's analytics and eDiscovery for monitoring trends and sentiment as a way to gather feedback from employees and other st- uh, sh- stakeholders and for legal records retention in its social media platform. I think. Honestly, I think Delta is using it for more than that. You Yeah, they're, know, doing,
1: they're doing research.
0: Yeah, you got to know that they're using it among customers.
1: Their information farming is what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Starbucks too, especially. Mm-hmm. Think about how much business is done in Starbucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I haven't been to one in a while, but every time I go in, there's always somebody sitting with a laptop doing something.
0: Yep, yeah. Yeah, interesting stuff.
1: I, I very know. interesting, very scary.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, the spies are coming for you at work. It's not too long <laughs> before uh, they're they're invasive. We're we're right on the edge of 1984.
1: we, we really all in are. the book, yeah, yeah, we are,
0: yeah, we really are. Let's move on. Let's get to some uh, spooky stuff. A soldier met the Grim Reaper after a near death experience in a gruesome helicopter crash. This happened okay. to uh, this guy, and uh, a former U.S army colonel who specialized in military applications of the paranormal has told a harrowing tale of how a a helicopter gunship pilot's near-death experience led to a meeting with a hooded grim reaper in the jungles of Vietnam. Wow. Yeah. John. My
1: grim reapers, I always picture the grim reapers from Supernatural. They're just going to be hot chicks that come over and take your life. God, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Or, or the Bill and Ted's Grim Reaper. He was really good too.
0: Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, John <laughs> Alexander is a former Army Special Forces commander, regarded as one of the pioneers of military paranormal research. He oversaw the Army Intelligence Psychic Spy Unit at Fort Meade, Maryland, that inspired the book the The Men Who
1: Stare at Goats. Great which, movie. Great book. Great great study. If you, if you want to talk, that, that was the, um, whatchamacallit, astral planning or the projection.
0: And, uh, yeah, and, um,
1: um, remote viewing, projection. remote viewing. Remote viewing. That's it. Remote viewing. You and I both are trying to find it. Yep. Remote viewing. Remote viewing. This is what started the whole thing. Like yeah. the big hoopla was this book. Yeah.
0: And we've had, we've had many, I don't think we had John on. Maybe we had John on. I'm trying to remember. It's been a lot of years. We had Joe Mc. Joe McMonagall on. I don't think we had John on. I'll have to look. I'll have to look. We had a bunch of people on from the Men Who Stare Coats. So, John Alexander, former Army Special Forces commander, regarded as one of the pioneers of military paranormal research. He, of course, was one of the guys who inspired the book, The Men Who Stare at Goats. He described to podcaster Sean Ryan how he interviewed a helicopter gunner named Jim who was involved in a near-fatal crash after his gunship was shot down over Vietnam. Uh, Jim's Cobra gunship was struck by anti-aircraft fire, knocking out crucial control circuitry and breaking his leg Oh. yeah. The pilot desperately tried to bring the crippled craft in for a crash landing. The blades turning until it's beaten itself to death on the ground. Colonel Alexander says, explaining that the violent impact meant that they had no way of assessing which way the helicopter was now facing to make matters worse. The Cobra's fuel tanks had also ignited on impact. His face is burned off. The area had caught fire and he was having a very bad day to say the <laughs> yeah. least not only
1: his face was cut off
0: his face was burned off burned oh yeah not only has he got a broken leg his face is burned they hit and the next thing he knows he's out of his body looking down from up above and he can see the orientation of the helicopter about a click and a half out in front is friendly fire support base is a friendly fire support base Uh, There's jungle all around them other than that, but you have to have had the position from above to look down and see the orientation, according to him. Colonel Alexander recounted Jim clearly seeing the shattered helicopter from above while also spotting a hooded figure who told him, you're not dead yet. Okay. Kind of creepy. Yeah. He continued, so the backseat pilot is out. He's running away and he looks back and about that time, Jim looks up. So he runs back and grabs him out. He says, I thought you were dead. You haven't moved since we were hit. Insisting that he had seen the entire scene from above during his out-of-body experience, Jim told the pilot he knew the way to safety. Interesting. Now the pain is setting in. Jim's not in a position to argue, so he hides behind some big anthills that are in the area. And about this time, the Viet Cong are coming after them, Colonel Alexander says. The pilot left in the direction Jim had picked, hoping to help or find help. Because he had managed to send his pilot off in the right direction, help came quickly and the, ba- in the badly injured gunner survived to tell his tale. Colonel Alexander said it was a unique case, adding, it's the only case I have where you have vision from an out-of-body perspective and then it's physically replicated. Very interesting.
1: That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and all that led to the remote viewing stuff, huh?
0: Well, no, no, no. not not just that. He was involved I mean, in
1: these. He was involved in other stuff, but he, like that was his
0: Bush. Well, that's that's just the story of one man who who ran into the Grim Reaper. Um, Colonel Colonel Alexander was involved with the initial program, the CIA program. Um, yeah, and he was trained separately as part of uh, the the program, the CI okay. program. Yeah, okay, that's com- that's something completely separate. Um, Sean Alexander had done an entire series. We we had a story last week on another thing that that had come up as far as the psychic program. Uh, Joe McMonigle was also on the program. Joe okay. McMonigle, we've had on the program once or twice. Thinking I might reach out to him again because there's some, he has some very interesting things um, okay. to talk about when it comes to um, remote viewing. And I've always been of a mind that, I've always been told, especially from the CIA guys, you don't need to be psychic to, to remote view, that everybody has this, as much like everybody has a, a form of intuition, everybody can use their intuition to remote view.
1: Yeah, you just have to be trained. I've heard that before. Yeah. Everybody has some sort of ability. They just have to, A know they have it and be be trained how to use it.
0: Right, right. Although it can be argued that well, if everybody has intuition, everyone's psychic. So yeah. I don't know, it's six and one and half dozen of another. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. We go inside an abandoned psychiatric hospital with spine-chilling morgue, a, a spine-chilling morgue that is left untouched. Chilling images of an abandoned psychiatric hospital gives us a glimpse into life as a patient in the 19th century Britain where more drastic methods were used to treat mental health conditions in children. You and I have both been in plenty of abandoned buildings, Bruiser, but I'll tell you this. Let me show you a picture of this this abandoned building. Tell me this doesn't scream there's asbestos everywhere.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely wearing a mask if I go in there.
0: Yeah, it does not look safe. Um,
1: No. No, and definitely no open flames whatsoever.
0: No, 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 no. And it even has an ominous name. Hellingley Hospital in East Sussex, UK, first opened its doors in 1898 to combat overcrowding in the nearby Sussex County Asylum. The building was once brimming with life, uh, housing patient wards, kitchens, a nurse's home, and even a sewing room. But today, it lies completely derelict and covered in debris as chilling photos reveal what is left of the now-abandoned mental asylum. One photo taken inside the hospital's morgue shows stacks of empty body trays left with the doors ripped off the hinges to reveal the inside.
1: Yeah, very scary.
0: Yeah, the hospital was known for its use of electroconvulsive therapy, a treatment that sent an electrical current to the brain, causing a brief surge of electrical activity within the brain. Well, that sounds humane. <laughs> Tell me uh, if I can get the ad off the screen here. I always love ads on these websites. Tell me that room is a little chilling.
1: That—that's the morgue, isn't it? That is terrifying. Yeah,
0: that is terrifying, isn't it?
1: Along that the, in the dark has got to be, yeah, heebie-jeebies.
0: Yeah, yeah. That that doesn't look too inviting. That's for sure. No. ECT treatment was aimed to cure mental health problems and was used to treat conditions such as substance abuse, schizophrenia, hysteria, and anxiety. However, it was extremely detrimental to the health and could cause mania, catatonic states, and even more health problems. So it really didn't do much good. (laughs) (laughs) The hospital eventually closed down in 1994.
1: Okay, so it's been shut down for 30 years?
0: Yeah, due to the decline in the number of patients needing treatment. Probably because it didn't work either. After its closure, the building rapidly decayed, suffering arson attacks and vandalism. In the mid-2010s, demolition of the site began to make way for new housing, but some of the original buildings still remain. One unit is the Ashen Hill Secure Unit. It was still operating until 2012. Okay. Weird.
1: How is the rest of the building shut down? But that's Okay, okay, okay.
0: I don't know. I I guess if the state still has use for it, it still has use for it. I guess so. Urban explorer and photographer, 21-year-old Chloe Urbex, uh, captured haunting images of the abandoned building in Brighton. She said the building was very dangerous. We fell through the ground floor on so many occasions, so when exploring the upper floors where the wards were, we avoided any dodgy-looking floors. (laughs) <laughs> yikes
1: I was That'd very the worst thing is to fall through a floor
0: ah, I can't imagine I was very happy to see inside this building as I was also curious to see what was behind the metal shutters I felt a strong emotion or joy after capturing the mortuary as I didn't really know what to expect as I have only seen one documentation on it from 2014 I was expecting it to be all stripped however it was only partially stripped and the fridges still had the body trays, which made it very interesting to us. I kind of think also extremely creepy.
1: Yeah, that's the picture you showed. So that is very creepy. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure.
0: Okay, here's that story I was telling you about the ghost kid. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. Ghost the, kids are, they can be terrifying.
0: It can be. I'm going to post this one in the description of the program because there's a video with it that I want you guys to check out there's a horrifying moment where a ghost kid bangs on a man's door late at night before disappearing. A man was left spooked after filming a terrifying encounter with a ghost child at his front door in the middle of the night, which captured the moment that the little boy disappeared into thin air right before him. Diego, I believe this is Spikers filmed the expressionless child banging on his front door. As he said, through a trembled whisper, there's a child knocking on my door.
1: See, and that's how the black eyed kids start. Remember? They knock on your door and they want to come in. Right. They don't vanish.
0: No video footage shows diego slowly approaching the entrance of his house as the pounding noise continues and a little boy is seen behind the glass door as he gets closer the image of the boy behind the translucent glass becomes clearer the man quickly unbolts the door and opens it in a swift move but the child is suddenly nowhere to be found
1: okay yeah So I'm picturing like there's that video of the pantry where they filmed the pantry for a couple days and you see the girl just kind of come up Mm -hmm. and then disappear.
0: Yeah. Tattoo artist Diego from Columbia pans the camera on the other side of the dimly lit street as he breathes nervously. But the road is empty and there's no trace of the kid. He said, I've been unable to sleep for nights because in the early morning he knocks on the door. It's truly terrifying.
1: Oh, so he's come back. Since the recording. That's what it sounds like. Possibly.
0: Local Carlos said, when someone knocks on your door at night, don't open it. You're giving entry to that evil spirit into your house. Others show their thoughts on the spooky encounter. Anderson added, getting him out of his house is going to be difficult now. Uh, (laughs) Maria said, you shouldn't open the door because if you open it and don't see anything, it's because it's already inside. Yep. Miranda wrote, run, don't open it anymore. If it's a child, some say that demons and evil spirits take on the form of children and then it's very difficult to get rid of them because they want to take over your home. So sprinkle holy water and chase it away. Run away. Edith suggested, well, you should never open the door of your house at midnight in these situations. Shout. What you want and why you are looking for me. That's what you should shout at the ghost. Do I know you? Go away and don't knock on my door again. It has worked for me when they call me, but with a firm voice. Francile added... When you see that thing, throw salt or holy water. What if it's a poor child who's lost and they just, the poor child is at the door and you're like, you're evil, you're evil. And the child's like, I want my mommy. <laughs> the kid's like, I'm covered in salt and holy yeah. water
1: now. What the hell? The poor kid's standing there.
0: Are you trying to season me?
1: Um, just wanted to see if you wanted to donate to UNICEF. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm collecting for the school band.
1: (laughs) Um, And a
0: spooked Aisha said, Dear God, this video comes at exactly 11.58 p.m. I don't dare to even get up and open the curtain to close the window at that time. (laughs) Oh, come on. I would close my window at that time. Let Let me see if I can pull up the video here. Well, here's the... Okay, here's the... There's a still image here. That's what he sees.
1: Oh, Okay. Spooky kid. It's a very terrifying and he's he's frantically hitting the door, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, scary. He's like, go away, you kid. No more of the kid. Um I'm trying to see what the In the immortal words of Mandy Leone he needs to sage that shit.
0: That's right. Sage <laughs>
1: that shit. Get rid of it.
0: Oh, there's the video. Okay. I keep getting the video and then the video, and then I get an ad, of course. I don't want the ad. and
1: hey, we're not buying anything.
0: That's right, we're not buying anything. I'm not buying your shit. Well, it's not that's not coming up. All right, so I'm gonna post this on the description of the show. You can watch the ad for you watch the ad for yourself and then you can watch the video. I'll let you buy the shit, not me. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. I'm not buying the shit. okay time now for ziggy's picks of course all year round for the nfl season we've been picking and picking and picking of course as you know there's many psychic animals out there picking the fifa world cup and other such things we did the psychic experiment with ziggy star pup and with talia her sister and we've been picking all season long the different uh, nfl contests the pups have been good they've really been good and they've been Diligently picking each and every single game, and it came yeah. down to the Super Bowl bruiser.
1: Yes, it did. Both pups picked two. Kansas City, just like their old man. Just
0: like their old man, and I as well picked Kansas
1: City. Yes, sir. And it was a clean sweep. You cannot count Patrick Mahomes out.
0: Mm-mm. Funny enough, before the game, two days before the game, the, the line in Vegas swung to San Francisco by two and a half.
1: Yeah, yeah. They were the Kansas City was the underdogs. But like Patrick Mahomes said in the uh post Super Bowl conference, press conference, Kansas City's never the underdog. <laughs> right. Well and I It find... was a great game too for anybody that didn't watch it. It was a really good football game. Do you
0: think it was?
1: No. I love defensive football games like that.
0: Here's here's where I may take umbrage with the fact that it was a great it was a good football game. Yes. I don't know that it goes down as one of the greats, and this is why: turnovers, yeah, turnovers, sloppy fundamental football.
1: There's yeah, uh, offensively it was terrible. Yeah, defensively that's why if you're a defensive person, you like hard hits, you like sacks, sure, you like sure. loss of yards. That that was the game. It was definitely the sure. top two defenses playing.
0: Yeah, yeah, and there was there was good defensive football, but but even.
1: But you didn't you didn't get consistent good offensive plays on either no, team.
0: No. There's a lot of lot of sloppy offensive play. And it yeah. with that it, it you know, I don't think either team could say that they put in great offensive performances. And it wasn't and, even a great offensive performance by Patrick Mahomes. I mean he can't not till
1: the end, not until when it end. counted. Right. So you, And and you could see he was he took it into his own hands because in the first half he never scrambled, or he'd scramble, but he never rushed. You know what I mean? He would try to find a way to get rid of the ball. In the second half, he was like, "Screw this! There's a hole. I'm taking it for twenty yards."
0: Right. Well, San Francisco made it hard for him to to rush. Oh, they, Bosa they were, was
1: a rock star. Yeah,
0: they were they were holding their lanes, so it was hard yeah. for him to get out. He couldn't get and, out and, and rush.
1: And that's what was happening on the the San Francisco offensive side is McCaffrey, just because McCaffrey's a workhorse is how he got all those yards, but he couldn't get through he had to work for every yard he got.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, and, and Brock Purdy he had good protection in the first quarter and then Kansas City figured it out and started hitting him and he got a little shaky and he started missing passes. And it's like not the time to do that. A lot of, lot of stupid mental mistakes, too.
0: Yes. See, that's why I didn't think it was a great game. There were a lot yeah. of bad mental mistakes. And, yeah. and you know, I, as much as I, I don't agree with the guy, Colin Coward pointed it out pretty easily, and he, and he made it very clear the difference between Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy. I still today, and I, 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 I clearly say this, I take Brock Purdy over Kirk Cousins tomorrow.
1: Oh, and Brock Purdy's the future of the NFL. Mm. Everyone's got to remember, this is only his second year. Right, right. He was literally thrown in, in what, the seventh week of the season, or whatever it was last year. Yeah, yeah. And went undefeated (laughs) until this year. Right, right. Losing a playoff game, but he was hurt for that. But he is definitely the future. He is the what Patrick Mahomes was when Patrick Mahomes started. He is what Aaron Rodgers won when Aaron Rodgers started.
0: But the difference between good and great, you saw the difference between good and great at quarterback. And and anybody who went into this game thinking that San Francisco was going to win was deeply mistaken. I don't know why the line ever swung to San Francisco.
1: I don't know either. You you were putting Patrick Mahomes where he's comfortable in a high-pressure situation. You know what I mean? And he's going to... Do what it takes to show his team. You guys need to play like I play. Yeah. In the first half, he didn't do that. Like I said, he was he was he was conservative. He was sitting in the pocket too long. Mostly, got in his head. You know. Um, and then all of a sudden, the second half starts, and he starts um, scrambling and running. And it's like there it is. And he literally, like, you could see the energy in him. Well, and then the team started picking it up. And and Pacheco. Got out of his funk because he was in a funk the whole first half. Well, and eventually dropping passes, not doing what he normally did. In the second half, they we were like, okay, here we go.
0: And eventually, Mahomes is going to take over the game.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they, the uh, Tony Romo is he started drunk the more the game went on. But mm-hmm. towards the end, he had said, because I forget what San Francisco is doing, but he goes, they're giving Patrick Mahomes the ball with too much time. You can't give the ball to Patrick Mahomes with this much time. Yeah, yeah. and he went down. He only tied the game, but then the overtime happened. And again, Romo said it: you're giving time. Patrick Mahomes too much time with the ball. He's going to make play, and he did. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And you're right. He you definitely did. Um, so with that, again, and the other thing that happened, and it was bound to happen, you had a San Francisco team that came into that game banged up. As much as they like to say they came in healthy, they didn't. Greenlaw had pre-existing injuries. Debo had pre-existing injuries. You had key players that had pre-existing injuries.
1: And I give them credit for playing, but look what happened to Greenlaw him stepping on the field. Yeah. Aggravated that injury and now I mean it was the end of the season so he's got the offseason to recover. He'll be back 100%. They'll still be a dominant team next year. But for the Super Bowl, because he pushed through it, just stepping on the field.
0: Yeah. And, and, it, you was, know, and it was... And then
1: Debo running a pattern, wasn't it? He was just running a pattern. Yeah. And he and he re-aggravated the injury. He, he stayed in. You know, George Kittle yep. got banged up, yep. came back. But you know what? You're banged up. You're not 100%. And you could tell. But now the Chiefs team wasn't 100% either. They were banged up too.
0: But they, they rose above their injuries and played... They, they did played like they wanted to win that game. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't see San Francisco looking like they they were playing to win that game.
1: The first half they did. I think they got into the second half, and they're like, you know what? Our defense is dominating. Our offense is doing okay. We got McCaffrey. We'll just keep running the clock on them. But and then they shut McCaffrey down, and yeah, it's like, they, oh they, shit! Now we got to pass. They went away
0: from McCaffrey in the third.
1: Yep, yeah. they went completely away from the old school run the ball right at them. And I th- I honestly think it's cuz McCaffrey got rocked. Yeah. I think he yeah. was shaken up. He took that hit on the the sidelines at that, that big run and you saw his head smack against the ground. Now yep. he never got he can he went out for the next play to the sidelines. Yep. So you don't know officially if he's hurt, but I think he was rattled. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and it showed later on in the game cuz his legs you know, he's not one – He he's guaranteed to break at least two tackles every time he touches the ball. Yeah. And after that hit, when he hit his head, he wasn't breaking tackles anymore.
0: Yeah. It was a hard-hitting game, that's for sure. Oh, that yeah. one, I, I know somewhere Stan Hansen smiling at that one uh, clothesline. The,
1: the football, yeah. I thought he got him around the, the head, and then they show the instant replay in slow motion. No, it's a perfect – Grab the ball, try to pull strip the ball, and the guy just hung on to it. It was like, I I, I popped for that. I yeah, marked that. It <laughs> was like that was awesome.
0: I did too. That clothesline was awesome. Um,
1: and then so, the trick play San Francisco ran. I had a great that they scored on. I had a yes. I yeah Kept playing that back because so I'm like this is awesome. I'm like Look, this is this is backyard football. That's all this is.
0: That's right. And they need more plays like that, especially in big games like that. That's for sure. Yeah. So. Kansas City wins back-to-back. What do you think? Uh, what are the chances of a three-peat? Do you think it's
1: slim? I, no, I think they have the possibility, I think, in the offseason, that they draft a couple receivers because that's what Mahomes needs is some reliable receivers. He can't just – everyone knows you cover Kelsey, you take away the, the passing game. They need to get a Tyree Hill. They need to get somebody, whether it be free agency, whether it be in the draft – but their defense is young. Their defense is hungry. Mm-hmm. Their defense won games for them. Mahomes is still young and hungry. Kelsey's not going anywhere. I think they could repeat If they get mm-hmm. the right personnel in the offseason, and by personnel, I mean uh, uh, receivers, because they have the offensive line. They have running backs. They have tight ends. They just need a good, reliable receiver. Okay. Interesting. But I also think that San Francisco goes far again next year. They're another young team that are retaining a lot of guys. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I think, yeah. They're, they're, yeah. And I think, I think Purdy needs another year of, another year of uh, being in the saddle. I, I, yeah.
1: He, he's young. That's what everyone's got to remember. Yeah. He's the next Joe Montana for that team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, or Steve yeah. Young. Or, yeah. Or Steve Young. He's, yeah. he's, he's bringing lineage back to good San Francisco. That hasn't been around since, Young in, in Montana, you
0: yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, He he definitely is is one of those guys who's going to be around for a long time and and winning.
1: He's so. definitely way better than Garoppolo, that's for sure.
0: That's for sure, and yeah, and he uh, he's not a system quarterback. I think he showed that. No.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if he if they renegotiate with him earlier because he's still under a rookie contract.
0: I think they're gonna let him play next year and and see. I don't yeah. think they're going to renegotiate after this year.
1: I wouldn't be worried about him. He's a cool, calm kid. He yeah. gets it. Yeah. He didn't yeah. look frazzled at all during the game. He didn't lose his cool. Mm,
0: I, I would disagree a little bit with that. I think when they turned up the heat on him, you could tell he...
1: He lost his, his poise but he didn't lose his composure. Right, he didn't he lose, didn't his, lose right, his right. He he didn't let his emotions get the best of him. He only made two or three like what the fuck kind of passes. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. But Mahomes did the same thing. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like I don't know. It it I was happy with the season. I'm happy with the Super Bowl. I'm excited for next year. Yeah. I'm excited for baseball to start up. I am too. I'm not excited for my Brewers. <laughs>
0: I'm not. I'm not excited for the Twins either. It, it I don't know what uh, I don't know what they did this year.
1: They yeah, our offseason was rough. If you saw, we got we 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 traded Corbin to to Baltimore. We got rid of Corbin, and it's like why he did he did fine last year. He got injured, but he was still throwing fine. Still saw Young Ward, you know.
0: Yeah, the Twins let Sonny Gray go. They let some other key. Uh, they let uh, Maeda go. They let yeah. The the Twins are not going to. I mean, they have some promising pitching prospects coming up, but it's they and they signed some you know wheels falling off the cart type hitters and, and it's uh, it's not going to be a good season
1: but still excited love watching yeah. sports
0: yeah i'll have the some. wife
1: right now mrs bruiser wants to get in the hockey so i have been teaching a little bit about hockey oh yeah yeah uh, she's team? choosing her team off the mascot so 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 far she's leaning towards the kraken and the san jose sharks really <laughs> i was like okay those aren't my teams but okay
0: I was gonna say, if you guys were into the Nashville Preds, I know the I know the guy I, who is the the announcer over there.
1: I love the Predators. Do you? Yeah. Well, the Milwaukee Admirals were the farm league for the Predators.
0: If you guys want to get into a Preds game, I could think I can get you in over there.
1: And anyone that's interested, the Predators this year are the number one team in fights and yes, they are. Yes, they are. Which is fun hockey to me.
0: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> so yeah, it. Um, yeah, I, I, well, our wild are not uh, anything to phone home about this year. So, and I've got my wild sweatshirt on this right now. So, but uh, yeah, uh, this, uh, yeah, I enjoy I enjoy hockey, and I, you know, my my nephew plays. So,
1: yeah, I played as a kid, and my daughters played. And yeah. Mrs. Bruiser was never from a sports family, but now that she's married to a basically married into a sports family, mm-hmm. she wants to get all the sports she can. So. We'll, this weekend, we, we uh, in between, I uh, students coming over, I'd put a game on and explain rules, and mm-hmm. you know how it is. You just got to watch it for a while, and you'll pick it up. Yep, yep.
0: I can't, even though the Timberwolves are on fire, I can't get into them this year.
1: I can't get into basketball at all. Yeah,
0: I just can't. I don't know why. It, yeah. And you know they're going to have a hell of a season. I just can't. I don't know what it is.
1: And then we're, of course, in racing country, so that's – Mrs. Roos is a huge race fan, so oh, day- I'm, I'm starting to learn about that.
0: Daytona 500 this weekend, isn't it?
1: Yep, yep, yeah. yep. And she hasn't watched a race since her father passed away because that was his passion. His passion was racing and wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I got – I didn't know anything about racing. And the way he educated me on racing was actually using wrestling terms. Oh, okay. So, so I was able to understand it. Okay. And then when he passed away, we just, she couldn't bring herself to it. Cause that was, that's what they did. Yeah. You know, that was their father, daughter. And now she's getting the itch back. Cause we're in, we're literally in, you know, yeah, you are NASCAR <laughs> yeah, country, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for Pete's sake, we drive through Dale Earnhardt's hometown, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're driving the Jeff Gordon expressway. Like, <laughs> yeah,
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I'm telling you, bud. Yeah, it's uh, it's. Um, we're coming into that time of year where it's. It, you know, it. Some people say, "Oh, it's kind of like." Sports dead zone, it's not. There's a lot going on, but I know it's, I know we're off the paranormal track right now. But we got, we got some audience that likes some sports. So we, well, we are off the beaten track, but that's all right. That's nothing wrong with that. Speaking of being off the beaten track, some of you are going to be alone for Valentine's Day. (laughs) You see what I did there? (laughs) Beaten track.
1: Well, here's a, here's an interesting. Well, before we get in the Valentine's Day story sure. to go along the Valentine's Day theme, yeah, do you know what February thirteenth is most known for?
0: It's National Pancake Day.
1: Okay, but <laughs> as far as couples,
0: no, I don't know.
1: It's National Mistress Day. It's <gasps> where all the people cheating on their spouses take their significant others out really i didn't know that yep today's the day where if you go out to a restaurant you see a romantic couple guarantee they're not a they're not supposed to be there (laughs) national mistress day i had no idea really yep. there's some spicy stuff for you wow national
0: mistress day Uh, so today's the day you're supposed to be getting some from the other honey huh
1: exactly and and you could pregame where you're going to take your wife like, oh, hey, we should hit this oh. restaurant. They got great calamari. <laughs> You've been here? No, no, no. I just no, no. Read, it, I read it online. Right. So it's the, it's the Guma Day, huh? Yeah.
0: Ah. Hmm. Interesting. Huh. Didn't know that. Now, see, we're recording this on Tuesday. So, I mean, it's, you know, people are like, oh, today's the 14th. It's Valentine's Day. It's not... Where the 13th on is, yeah, the thir- yeah. So the 13th was National Mistress Day. Well, it's also yeah. National Pancake Day, so you can pancake the guma, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> Take an eye hop, you'll yeah. be good. Yeah,
0: eye hop in one more than one way, you know.
1: <laughs>
0: Just saying. Uh, oh, so uh, Valentine's Day. Today is Valentine's Day. And of course, we want to bring it back around to a little more of a spooky type deal. There's nothing more spooky than the the wife not being happy with you. Yeah.
1: Uh, when you Cupid's actually a spooky story too. If people really want to read into a Scoopy a spooky thing that yeah. will tie paranormal to Valentine's Day, look up the origin of Cupid.
0: True. Very true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Very that'll give you yeah. <laughs>
0: That'll give you the heebie jeebies. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I ran across nine macabre ways to celebrate Valentine's
1: Day. Okay. You I, know I'm down with this.
0: There's a there's a uh, there's a lady out there by the name of VampJen uh J E N N two N's. So I got to thank her. Jen, Jennifer Vasquez uh, has a, a blog out there called Nine Macabre Ways to Celebrate Valentine's Day, and she released this back a few years ago uh, during the pandemic. And and actually, she's a, she's a handsome looking lady. That's for sure. This is her right here oh okay yeah now you know the uh you have some goth ladies out there you have some ladies out there that like the more macabre way to celebrate valentine's day she says uh there's everything's not necessarily all candy hearts teddy bears and pink roses that's not necessarily every lady's thing some ladies like more spooky things Yeah, And so if you got a lady in your life who tends to like the more spooky side of things, there's things you can do for Valentine's Day. She's saying things like a spooky meal for two or three or four, as she put it. Uh, She says if you're in the mood for a delectable dinner and enjoy cooking, she recommends trying out a few recipes featured in The Nightmare Before Dinner by Zach Neal. Okay. Which is a cookbook containing dishes and beverages based on the menu of uh, his Tim Burton and Halloween-inspired restaurant, Beetle House. The book even has a chapter dedicated to creating theme parties, such as Edward's formal dinner party and Willie's candy bar. Now, Jen says she's tried her hand at a few recipes, and she's got a, a link to it as well. So that's kind of a neat idea.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. I like the name of that restaurant, too.
0: Yeah, Beetle House. It's uh, And that's actually the actual, yeah, like, like Beetlejuice, Beetle House. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds like an interesting idea. Another idea is Creepy Cinema. She says, make it a dinner and horror movie night. The first that comes to mind, which may be obvious to some, is My Bloody Valentine, either the 1981 or 2009 version. Nothing like a good slasher film to get the pulses racing. Jen also recommends Crimson Peak, which was directed by Guillermo del Toro. The story is set in the Victorian era and embodies gothic romance. Tragedy, secrets, and lingering spirits threaten the marriage between protagonists Edith and Thomas. And we must not forget classics such as The Bride of Frankenstein and Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. You may also be interested in films for the Victorian goth, which is a list that she has. Uh, out there of different films that may work for you for a more creepy Valentine's Day. That's one of the things she uh, says may work for a creepy Valentine's Day for you as well.
1: Dinner And Dracula kind of is a love story.
0: There you go. There you go. Another thing that Jen uh, recommends is a graveyard stroll. Okay, I've done those. For uh, Valentine's Day, graveyards can be beautiful places to spend time and pay homage to those who have passed. Some iconic ones include the Hollywood Forever Cemetery in Los Angeles, California, which is quite beautiful. St. Louis Number 1 in uh St. Louis says St. Louis Number 1 in New Orleans, Louisiana, and Père Lachaise in paris france to name only a few i don't know what the number one is i don't know either yeah i don't know where the number one comes in there uh please keep in mind that burial sites are sacred and should be entered into with the utmost respect also due to COVID, this was back when COVID was around it was written in 2021 you'll want to make sure you take all the necessary precautions to keep yourself and others safe of course if uh that's a personal thing at this point in 2024, but uh, you know, depending on time of year and whatnot, at uh, choice is up to you.
1: Just be respectful. That's yes, the number one. Be
0: respectful, and if you're choosing to picnic, if that's the the um, if that's the thing, please clean up after yourself.
1: Correct, and don't do it directly on the grave.
0: That's right. Gothic arts and crafts is another thing you can do.
1: You know, I've heard of this.
0: On Valentine's Day. That's right. Do you like to DIY? Well, grab a partner and immerse yourself into the bizarre world of gothic homemaking. A YouTube series created by dark cabaret goth musician Aurelio Voltaire. Now, Jen herself, Jen Vasquez has been a big fan of the performer for a long time, and his show is entertaining and informative to watch. No matter your skill level from beginning to advanced, you'll find a variety of interesting project ideas. You can try your hand at crafting a cemetery gates lamppost, mystical vanishing chest, or a summoning table, spooky wine bottle candelabra, an apothecary cabinet, and more. Okay. So there's some things you can do. You can do a little DIY on Valentine's Day with your, I'm
1: all for that.
0: Yeah, with your special one. Uh, dark reads. Maybe you want to read a book with your loved one. There's nothing like curling up with a good book. And this can be a delightful thing to do with someone on Valentine's Day. To make it more engaging, take turns reading passages from your favorite novels or poems. Jenna uh, Jenna suggesting material with a dash of romance. Uh, she has a few recommendations, but they aren't your typical happily ever after love stories. Her first is the erotically charged The Sleeping Beauty trilogy by Anne Rice, which she initially wrote under the pseudonym A. Anne, I believe it's Ricollier. Re- I'm not quite sure. You guys know what the, the pseudonym is. Um, all she'll say is that these books make Fifty Shades of Grey look like child's play, and they're definitely an adults-only read. Other suggestions include uh, Emily Brunt's uh, Withering Heights, Carmela by uh, Jay Sheridan LaFunu. Lef- Lef- you could tell I don't read these, <laughs> right? Uh, Gods of Jade and Shadow by Silvia Moreno-Garcia and Edgar Allan Poe's uh, is this Eleonora, I believe, or Eleonora. Uh, of course, there are many more books, that would be more fitting to read, but the selection will get you started. Also have a look at uh, there's a top 10 must-read uh, list of most read dark books. I'll tell you what, I'll I'll put up the uh, I'll put up a link to Jen's blog here so you can get these lists. Uh, then you could take a look at them for yourself for ideas for um, Valentine's Day. Also, there's some Frightful Board games out there she's suggesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, frightful Board Games. She says I wish I carved out more time to play board games. There are so much fun to do with others, and there's a nifty selection out there with morbid themes. If you love Monopoly, then the Nightmare Before Christmas version is a must. Horror lovers will enjoy Friday the 13th, Horror at Camp Crystal Lake, and Horrified Universal Monsters board game. For a bit more mystery and intrigue, again, uh, check out the Lovecraftian mansions of madness and death by trivia if you dare. She says there's some spiritual and metaphysical bonding you can do as well. If you and the person with whom you're spending Valentine's Day are spiritual, uh, this would be a wonderful opportunity to do something sacred for your souls. You can meditate together, practice yoga, do a tarot card reading for each other, or perform a special ritual to bless your bond. Spiritual exercises are a fantastic way to celebrate the love filling your life. And, there's a list there to practice magical self-care. We'll, again, put the, in the the, um, uh, description of this show, we'll put the list or the um, link to Jen's blog here so you can find out what those are. And finally, music and playlists are always popular in case it gets a little, you know, (laughs) hotter later tonight, bruiser. Um, It says in years past, some of you have preferred to go out dancing on Uh, Valentine's Day, since most nightclubs are closed due to the coronavirus. Again, this was in 2021. Most of them are open, but maybe you want to get a little closer a little later tonight. You might need a bit of a more macabre playlist, or maybe you want to slow it down and use something a little different. You could put together a macabre Valentine playlist on Spotify for the occasion. Uh, Jen's put together a compilation of goth, dark wave, industrial metal, and alternative tunes. From the Sisters of Mercy to Nine Inch Nails and more. Oh, gosh, Nine Inch Nails? Holy oh, they cow. Got,
1: they got some real good songs. In fact, one of our wedding songs is a Nine Inch Nails song. Well, there you go. In fact, the song that I want to be buried to is a Nine Inch Nails song.
0: Oh, well, that's brutal. <laughs> no, I'm, <kidding. laughs> I'm joking. Uh, some of the ones that she uses as an example in here include uh, Passions, of The Ghost of Bella Lugosi, Your Kiss by Clan of. Uh, of uh zymox and Macab valentine by vamp chan um but again list in the blog and attend a vampire ball is the final one
1: i've heard of these these sound fun we found out about these in new orleans
0: yeah for those that live in the city of angels and are planning to visit endless night hosts its annual los angeles anti-valentine's vampire ball in february the event is founded by uh, Fang Smith, Father Sebastian and typically happens the Sunday of President's Day weekend. There's plenty of live entertainment, vendors, and photo ops to get an idea of what to expect. Uh, again, there's a link in the blog uh, to the Los Angeles Endless Night Gathering. So we'll put up the link to uh, Jen Vasquez's blog so you can get an idea of some of these lists and get an idea of what you can do That's not necessarily all flowers, hearts, and all things pink.
1: Oh, very gothic.
0: Yeah, so it's very gothic and very spooky and macabre in case it's not, uh, in case the traditional Valentine's Day isn't your thing.
1: Or you just want to try it and spice things up. Yeah,
0: exactly. So there you go. A little something different from your buddies here at Darkness Radio. So there you go. All right. So I think that's going to do it for today's Darkness Radio and for Supernatural News. Uh, What you got going on this weekend, Bruiser?
1: Uh, This Friday, I'm actually going down to South Carolina. Um, A couple of my students are wrestling on a show, but I am meeting with uh, somebody important within the wrestling business. Uh, Hopefully good things come of it, and I'll be able to smarten people up if it does. But uh, I was invited to come down and and speak and help out and whatnot. So I'm very excited.
0: There you go. There you go. Uh, I'm off from uh, KNSI this weekend, but... um... Wish me luck, because I'm about to go meet with my surgeon after we're done with this, my foot surgeon. Um, we'll keep you updated on that as well. Uh, but big things coming in the future here for Darkness Radio. We're going to talk video. We're going to do some video cast soon, so you may be able to see um, see us on video as well as uh, as audio. We're going we're to make that transition here soon. Um, we got lots of things in the hopper.
1: Yes,
0: we do. <laughs> I'll just I'll put it this way. We'll use the words Darkness Radio Network. Yes. A lot of your favorites will be doing their own shows. Yes. Yeah. So uh we've got lots of things in the hopper, folks. Lots of things coming to Darkness Radio, lots of good things in 2024. That's all I can say. That's all I can say for now. But we've got uh of course you still got your buddies here on Darkness Radio, and you still got lots of good things coming. Tomorrow on the big show, we're talking undersea lost kingdoms Ooh, i'll tease you with that that's that's what we're doing tomorrow on the big show here on darkness radio for beer city bruiser i'm tim dennis thank you so much for continuing to listen to us here on the show again we want you to find out where bruiser and i will be throughout the country and near you go to darknessradioshow.com click on the events tab the new aml wrestling event is there get your tickets there for aml wrestling uh, Photographs for pooches at the Palmer House. Get your tickets for that at uh, darknessradioshow.com slash events. That's May 18 at the Palmer House. We'll see you tomorrow for Undersea Lost Kingdoms right here on The Best in Paranormal Programming. This is Darkness Radio.